Well, they're tuning up because they're going to fill in for Eric Church in San Antonio no. Saturday night, so he can go to the ball game. It's about time, Gatos and Chad. No, I'm good. I'm but you're right. such wonderful singers. I don't want to see a country music star. I'm not. I don't no, want you would be music. the country music star. Okay. He's well, that would be bad. bad. That'd be bad for everybody. All right. So, so, uh, so Alistair Adele is out. Um, a lot of problems. She stepped down. Um, and you'll be able to vote for uh, a new Maricopa County attorney. So, a very interesting story. Um, we had this um, this woman on just, what, a couple weeks ago? A couple weeks ago. All right. Julie Gunnigal is joining us. She's a Democratic candidate uh, for Maricopa County attorney. And she says she's not going to enforce the new abortion law. The new abortion law, no abortions in Arizona after 15 weeks. That came down yesterday. Um, and uh, Julie joins us on the show. Hey, Julie, how are you today? I'm spectacular. How are you all doing? We're doing good. So um, you're not, if you win, you're not going to enforce the new abortion law. Doesn't that mean you're breaking the law? Absolutely not. And this is something that I think every Arizona ought to know when they vote for this position. This position is vested with prosecutorial discretion, and that means that your Maricopa County attorney gets to choose which crimes to prioritize. And this is an utterly non-controversial subject. It's used by every prosecutor in every jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And I bet a lot of your listeners have experienced someone using discretion in their lives, whether it's an officer who sees you speeding and says they're not going to stop you or, or give you a warning, or a prosecutor who decides to send cases for drug possession to treatment rather than prosecution. That's using the discretion of the office. So I want to use that discretion to prioritize the crimes that actually matter in our everyday lives. And those are crimes of violence and crimes that impact the most vulnerable, like seniors, our women and children. Well, this is my fear. Again, I, first time we talked to you, we ask you if you're crazy. Uh, I came from California. By the way, I we see, ask every. We do. We ask everybody, to, uh, yeah. you know, every single person <laughs> uh, that runs because I want to know. I think we all have a right to know. Uh, you know, I look at this as a slippery slope. Where, okay, you know what? You go and you look at parts of the country where they're like, hey, guess what? We're not going to prosecute, uh, you know, uh, crimes up to $900 or people doing drugs on the street or, you know, grand theft. Uh, we're just not even going to try to go after these things. And uh, that's my fear is if we're going to start picking and choosing, it gets sideways really fast, Julie. Well, gentlemen, I, to allay your fears, let me tell, just tell you that that's already happening. This office already chooses which cases to pursue with our precious law enforcement dollars. This office gets referred over 50,000 cases a year and chooses to prosecute only 24,000, so just under half of what's referred to it. So these decisions are happening, but the problem is they're happening behind closed doors. It's an opaque process. And I'd rather have a county attorney tell you up front, you know, this is what the priorities of this office will be. And simply put, put it through the democratic process. This is what democracy looks like. Julie Gunnigal's joining us, Democratic candidate for Maricopa County attorney. Um, so we know that with this new law that Ducey signed yesterday, no abortions in Arizona after 15 weeks, um, it is, the women are not going to be prosecuted. It would be the doctors. So if this were to come... I guess, on, on your desk, if you were to win this, the doctor went and did something he or she wasn't supposed to do, went against the law, and then you're going to just let it go? Well, gentlemen, let's talk about what you'd need to even prove up that case, because that's the portion of this is, that's missing. In order to prove a case like that, beyond a reasonable doubt, that a doctor performed an abortion beyond 15 weeks, 
who's going to be the evidence? It's going to be the person who had the abortion. The woman will literally be turned into a crime scene. And that's incredibly problematic. It's not just the 15-week ban, by the way. It's also a lingering fear of our age-old felony abortion prescription that is in Arizona, along with our misdemeanor rule saying you can't even advertise or possess contraceptives. That's what's at risk if Roe v. Wade falls. So I'm very worried about how this law would be used, how it would be pursued, and what happens when, for example, a woman loses a wanted pregnancy beyond 15 weeks. Is that going to be investigated for manslaughter as an abortion as well? And we've seen that across the country. When we see these sorts of laws, and fetal personhood in particular, it's immediately turned against our most vulnerable. And there are instances where people have been second-guessed whether or not a fetal loss was a miscarriage or whether or not it was an abortion. And that's what we can expect with this law as well. Uh when you when you talk about the most vulnerable, I want to get a sense of what you're talking about. And yeah, and I've heard you last time you were on, you were talking about you know I want to do stuff where you know use the word equity and 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 look, there are things that we can all probably sit here and go. Marijuana crimes uh, in the past were ridiculous. Uh, the war on drugs was ridiculous. At the same time, uh, you know we don't want to be Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, where it just feels like it's going sideways. What do you mean when you talk about like your prosecutor, you know? Discretions you're going to use. Somebody breaks into several cars and we see it. Are we just going to go, well, that's, you know, that's okay because uh, it's a minor crime. Are we going to pick and choose like that? No, no, no. That's foolishness. Here's where my heart is. When I began as a prosecutor, one of the first set of cases that I got were child-on-child sexual assault cases. Now, these are cases that take an enormous amount of time, and they're absolutely heart-wrenching when you talk to those victims. And let me tell you, they take an extreme amount of bandwidth from your prosecutor's office versus, for example, a low-level marijuana case like you're pointing out. So where those cases need the most time and attention, in my view, those are those cases that, that target the most vulnerable. Those are the cases that are perpetrated against children. Those are the cases that involve violence. And it takes a lot of of public resources, quite frankly, to pursue those difficult cases. That's what this office should be about, not not turning it into the abortion police. And I'd like every candidate in who's running for this spot to tell you and be honest with you what they're not going to prosecute if they're choosing to use this office to prosecute abortion because this office is already understaffed overworked and only handling half of the cases that it's referred to it so what are they not going to prosecute if they're going to become the abortion police will you not the real question okay will you not enforce the new abortion law because you disagree with it personally or is it what you said a moment ago it's too difficult to prove that the abortion happened beyond 15 weeks no it's the former rather than the latter um this office needs to be focused on what affects the public the most um and where our precious public dollars should be spent and those should be spent on on issues that quite frankly keep us safe and not this sort of um, this sort of political posturing and foolishness that we've been engaged with. All right. Uh, Julie Gunnigal's Jonas. She is uh, running right now to replace uh, uh, Stel Getty. Might as well have been her name at that point, uh, Ms. <laughs> Adele. Uh, the, it, it, when you talk about the things that we need to focus on, what do you think those crimes and, and things that are going on out there that really need focus? 
Sure. First and foremost, we ought to be listening to the community. And what I am hearing the community say is that they are concerned with violence in our community and what we can do to ensure that those sorts of crimes folks are held accountable and that it never happens again. And guess what? Those sorts of crimes, the ones that are crimes of violence that target women, children and our seniors, they take resources. So in particular, it's sexual assault keeps on coming up in these conversations. Did you know that since 2017, the county attorney has not prosecuted a case of sexual assault on ASU's campus, despite receiving over 100 uh, credible reports? I view that as a problem. I think that those are instances where we should be spending our public resources to keep folks safe and not engaging in, in things like prosecuting abortion and birth control. All right. Thanks for all the clarification. Julie Gunnigal is a candidate for Maricopa County attorney. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. So she will not enforce the new abortion law uh, that uh, at the end there that uh, since 2017, we haven't done anything on the campus of ASU. That's brutal. If that's true. We gotta look into that. Why is that? They've got their own police, right? So yeah. are they are they just saying that, look, there's nothing here for them to go forward to even hand over? I don't know. I don't know. That's not sitting well with me. I don't think that sits well with a lot of people. We'll have to look into it. But um, And you also got to think, all right, politically, she's running in a race. Well, will her stance to not enforce the new abortion law actually help her win? How does Arizona feel? I, I, I want to I mean, know how you're going to – are you going to turn us into San Francisco? Which I don't want. Yeah. And, and I feel like she dodged – some of those things we're going to focus on now i, I want to know like are you going to start really picking and choosing certain things and it doesn't sound like a lot that somebody goes into a cvs but then when you see cvs and the walgreens closing everywhere because people walk in and take it and outrage that just didn't happen overnight it was allowed to happen all right coming up next if uh you're renting and it's way too expensive we've got some answers for you next arizona's news station KTAR News, 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Seems like every day we're talking about rent in the valley. Goodness, we took phone calls twice on this in the last couple of weeks. Yep. Up $1,000. Another caller, up $500. Another caller, $700 hike in rent. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time on this. There's certainly an emergency for renters. Um, and I think the question is, how do you survive the rent crisis? Well, someone who's working on stories like this on a daily basis, she's over at ABC 15. ABC 15 investigator Courtney Holmes. She's aired a number of stories related to the rent issue. Hey, Courtney, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Very well. Thank you for having me. I think the first question is, who's getting hurt the most by this uh, hike in rent? Well, everybody is getting squeezed. It doesn't matter how much or how much, how little you make. But people who have lower incomes are getting squeezed the most because they don't have the disposable income to put toward an increase. So if your rent is going up, like you said, four or five, six, seven hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you don't have the extra money to put toward that. So now you got to figure out where am I going to go? The problem is there is nowhere to go right now. Uh, what is I it? Ninety-seven percent occupancy. Ninety-seven percent occupancy. Uh, we're not building as fast as we need to. Maricopa County was the number one fastest growing uh, a city in in or county in America last year. That's not a shocker. 
isn't it kind of like it's the market rate? Because it's not just about apartments. I mean, most of the individual uh, people who are, are renters, they're going to people that are individuals who own homes and things of that nature or small duplexes, and they're just getting what they can right now. Well, I, I think it's the, the rental crisis and then the not being able to afford to purchase a home that kind of go hand in hand. Hmm. There's three real reasons, real main reasons that I focus on about why we are in the situation that we're in. And that is true for renters and for people who are trying to own. The first is builders stopped building after the 2008 crash, right? There wasn't a demand. They stopped building. But people kept coming here. 200 people a day moved to Maricopa County, and they continue to come here from places that are expensive, California, Chicago, a lot of people from Seattle, Midwest. They're coming here and buying homes themselves, in some cases, cash, which is what investors are doing. That's the third main factor. We have investors that come into the state that purchase high, especially right now, and are pushing rents higher. And if there are people who are competing with those investors, all they have to do is do the same thing that the investors are doing because they need to keep up with market rent. They don't want to get behind in the market. ABC 15 investigator Courtney Holmes, she's been doing a number of uh, stories related to rent issues. So you're kind of an expert on this. You've really dug into it. If there are people out there and they're listening to this right now and they're saying, my rent, I really, I can't afford it. I don't know what to do. You've talked to experts. What should the people do? Well, the first thing is have a plan right now. Um, Even if your lease is not up for a while, your rent will more than likely go up and it will go up more than likely by a lot. Hmm. So you need to be prepared for what that looks looks like for your family. Does that mean that you're going to have to change how you do things? Do you not go out to eat as much? Do you not put your kids in dance and things like that? Those are things that really people are having to consider not doing anymore. So they're going to start um, saving for next year's rent hike. You really do. And when I talk to people about this, we have to change our mindset in how we think about renting and and buying even because this is not the market it was even three years ago when you could rent a place for $800 a month. That Phoenix, that Maricopa County no longer exists. So we have to think differently. If you're an awesome tenant, Go to your landlord today, early, and say, hey, can I get locked in at a lower rate for an extended period of time? One of the things that, and we're not talking about corporate landlords, I'm talking about mom and pops who, you know, it's expensive for them to turn places over. So if they have a good renter, they often often want to keep you. Maybe you can do that. But if you can't, consider a roommate, shared housing. It doesn't have to be forever, but it needs to be so that you are staying housed. That's the most important thing, because once you're no longer housed, it is much more difficult to get back into housing. And then the final thing that I'll bring up in that same vein is if you have decent credit, do you have a family member, a cousin, a friend who's having the same housing issue? Perhaps you all can go in on a place together to purchase. And have multi-generational living and things of that nature. So rethink how we're living. Yeah, because that could get ugly fast. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to, I don't <laughs> but, know if I want to live with my cousin. Talking to Courtney Holmes here from ABC 15. The building side of it. They stopped building after 2008 because, let's be real, of all the places in the country. I'm from Los Angeles. The market crashed. We're like, oh, this sucks. Within a week, everybody's house's prices have you know went back up. Here, it took forever. Are they addressing that now, even though the speed of it may not be great? Are they building uh, or did the supply chain and COVID throw a curveball here again? 
Well, builders are building. I mean, you you see everywhere there's stuff going up. It's market rate stuff. It's stuff that is considered luxury, right? But builders are building. They just can't get things done quickly enough for the demand. Hmm. The Department of Housing said we have a 250,000 unit shortage throughout the state. That It takes a long time to build houses. And yes, there have been supply chain issues. And yes, the cost of materials have gone up for everyone, not just builders, right? But the bottom line is they can't get this stuff up quickly enough. And that's just for market rate. When we talk about affordable, and when I say affordable, I'm talking about people with lower incomes, um, which is typically $52,000 or less for a family of three, people who might have housing vouchers, who might be on a sliding scale, things like that. It's even less. We have gotten so many emails from people who have Section 8 vouchers and have lived in a particular place for several years, and that place is no longer accepting them. They are converting out of Section 8 into market rate, which creates an entirely different crisis for those folks. And that crisis is what? They go homeless? In some cases, yes. I mean, we, we're up to unsheltered 5,000 people Yeah. Um, from the point in time count. You cannot go anywhere without seeing more unsheltered people where you haven't seen them before. This is not something that happens in a vacuum. It's happening right in front of us. Yeah. Courtney Holmes, ABC 15 investigator, uh, working on all these stories related to rent issues and uh, how do you buy a house and low-income families are getting hit uh, the hardest and how do you survive the rent crisis. Uh, Courtney, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having you on again in the future. Thanks so much. All right. Pretty interesting stuff. Lots to take in there. All right, coming up next, uh, let's play pop quiz. We'll have a little fun. 277-KTAR, true false questions about the day's news, is next. The Gatos and Chad Show. Pop quiz, hotshot. All right, let's play pop quiz. We don't start until all the phone lines are full. Your phone number is 602-277-5827. True false questions about the day's news. Joe in Scatstreet. All right, Joe, you're kicking it off. You're ready to play Pop Quiz. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, here we go. The Phoenix Suns will host road game rallies where you can watch road games at Footprint Center. True or false? Beginning with Utah. Uh, that's true. Oh. Beginning got, with the Utah Jazz. Oh, we got a smarty pants on our hands here. Not Chad. a smarty pants. All right. I'm okay. a Suns fan. Sorry. Uh, this uh, going to the road game rallies, it'll cost you 30 bucks to get in. True or false? 15, so false. Wow, he's even saying the thing. He's even, he's even answering the questions. He's got two in a row. What's oh, that bad prize? Bad. Oh, now I'm going to screw you, bad. This is going to get bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I can't have you do that. Um, <laughs> women are most stressed out Mondays and Tuesdays. True or false? False. Nope, you're dead to me. Oh, good try, Joey. If Sounded it was good. the sons who were stressed out, yeah. he would have knocked it out the pack. Good try, good try. Julia in Phoenix. Julia, are you ready to play pop quiz? Yes, I am. All right. If women are most stressed out Monday and Tuesdays, this new uh, survey shows that men are most stressed out on Sundays. True or false? True. It is true. President Biden is tapping into our oil reserve to try and bring down gas prices. True or false? True. It is true. She's got two in a row. Biden says experts believe this will bring down prices by over a dollar per gallon. True or false? 
true? Nope, you're dead to me. Oh, my goodness me. Chad loves the idea. Yeah, except for the part where I don't. Where he doesn't. Erica in Chandler on KTAR, you ready to play pop quiz? Yes. All right. Uh, violence and profanity is uh, on the decline. The name of my new punk band. It's <laughs> on the decline at Arizona school sporting events. High school. True or false? False. It is false. It's on the rise. Um, this year, there have been 1,218 ejections from school sports. True or false? True. It is true. And that includes fans. True or false? True. Nope. False. You were dead, ah. dead to me. And yes, my band is called Violence and Profanity. Violence and Profanity. Goodness gracious. Uh, We're going to go home separately, and we're going to listen to Becky Lynn do Arizona's Evening News next.